0: I think I said this already, but I'm going to say it again. We're in the first Sunday of Lent. And with that, we are starting a new sermon series entitled Lent Together. And today, because we're launching, I have the privilege of kind of laying the foundation of what some of this is going to look like as we move forward into this series. Um, And what's really interesting about this series is that we're going to be taking time to look at some themes The theme of reflect, restore, rename, and resurrect. And with that, we're going to be taking a look at the various scriptures that connect to these kind of themes. How they connect to us as individuals and as a church. But also how they might be moving us during this Lenten season outward into our community. And with each theme, kind of each week, we'll kind of take some time initially to process what that means, but then we're going to be doing a lot more kind of conversation and process here, because we really believe um, your voice, your presence, your participation, both here physically and online, is really important to the process. That it's not just myself or Greg bringing a vision and hoping you guys like it, but that it's actually Uh, As a body, as we're all part of this place called One Life, um, it's it's a conversation about what God is doing in amongst us all. And so we're really excited about that, and today we're going to be starting with this first concept or this idea or theme being reflect. Um, but before we do, I want to open this up in a word of prayer, and then we'll dive in, kind of looking at the meaning behind Lent, what it means for us to kind of engage this story, and what does it mean for us to reflect on it as we, we go about our day-to-day life during this season. So with that, let's pray. Father, Son, Spirit, just thank you for your presence with us in mornings where, man, things are going like, not like I planned. Um, I got to shovel snow. Uh, I have to think about how I drive a very old vehicle in snow. And I have to think about um, technology, things that I'm not super gifted at. And so I get stretched. And in those places, I try to turn to my own abilities and things and I forget that you're present with me. And I, I just thank you that you show yourself to be present. I thank you for the opportunity to join together to worship as a community, as a body, as friends and family. We can support one another, uh, help each other out. When a table gets knocked over, we can pick things up. And so God, we just... Pray that you would be with us this morning as we think about this conversation about Lent, something for many of us we, we think about every year. Help us to hear things um, with new ears, to see things with new eyes, um, and to enter in um, with anticipation, um, but also just by the power of your Spirit. We pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So. Today, we're talking about this idea of reflect, reflecting on the story of Lent, and it's important for us to just know right off the bat what Lent really means, and the word Lent literally means springtime, and if you've been here for a while, you've heard us talk about this, you can imagine the process of growth for flowers. A couple weeks ago, I showed a picture from the tulip festival, right? Tulips don't just happen. There's a process. So think about that. That's the part where the seeds are start cold and dark in the ground and in many ways alone. They're being challenged by the elements like rain or what we got today with some snow just to make it even harder for them. But ultimately, this process leads to transformation and new life bursting out of the ground, drawn by the sun so that we can see the beauty of spring. We know that picture when we start walking around our community and you start seeing a little bit of the green or the buds coming out of the ground. Without the process of what happens below the ground and all the hard work that the seeds go through, the flowers will never develop as they're designed. And we understand this. And as an author that we still have no idea who it was said, Lent is meant to be the church's springtime. A time when out of the darkness of sin's winter, a repentant, empowered people emerges. So when we think of the idea of springtime, we think of the process the flowers go through, Lent is intended to be the church's process of springtime. So much like Advent, Christmas is a season where we remind ourselves of the story of God being present in humanity through the birth of Christ. Lent is a time when we symbolically remember and return to the wilderness where the Holy Spirit led Jesus to spend 40 days fasting, praying, and preparing for ministry. And so as a community, that's what we're going to be practicing for Lent in a similar way. Now, traditionally, Lent is a faith exercise designed to help us more fully know and experience the reality of God's faithful presence with us so that we can share the gospel with others as we live out our faith. So even in the midst of having to shovel snow and and go to the depths of a building and reset internet and do all these kinds of things, how do we practice things to help us remember God is faithfully present with us in all of that? wherever we go, and how we bring the gospel truth with us. And so it's an exercise in priorities, helping us to recognize our need for God, our need to put God first, to worship, to follow God, and not the ways of the world that we can so easily get pulled into in our moment-to-moment situations. And just like any exercise or practice, there are challenges involved, So with that, if you would stand for a minute, those of you here, I'd love for you to stand. And I would love for you to just do a little stretching. I don't know if you need it. When you feel prepared, because I know I need preparation, when you feel prepared, I want you to try to touch your toes. I'm going to turn this way so my camera... Oh, yeah. See, those of you who know me know touching the toes... It's not technically impossible because I know I'm made in the image of God and I should be able to touch my toes, but I have only touched my toes once in my life, and that was when my soccer coach was convinced I wasn't trying very hard and jumped on my back, which didn't go well, as you can imagine. So as you're standing, though, I want you to turn to the right. If there's a person behind you, we're going to get comfortable. If you could just put your hands on the person's shoulders, just a little, just good morning rub. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's good. Stretch it out. All right, and then go ahead and turn and do the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, now you can you can come back. I know you Everyone's like, no, more, more massage. Um, but whenever we, yeah, you can sit down. Whenever we enter into exercise or practices, what happens is, we start to show our weaknesses, right? We start to show the things that we're not as flexible with. For me, I'm not very flexible, so the minute you ask me to start stretching, uh, it highlights my weaknesses. It highlights where uh, I haven't put effort in. Even though I know stretching is healthy, I know it helps me... um, Take care of my body. It helps me digest food. It helps me sleep better. Just because I know it's a good thing doesn't mean I do it. Just because we know the benefits of what it does doesn't mean we do it. And so whenever we start a new practice, it immediately shows our weaknesses and our limitations. And we don't like to face these. In fact, we do everything we can to avoid them. We will even hide them, especially when things get difficult. So, for example, have you ever had one of those situations where you decide you want to try something new, something maybe you've seen all your friends or your family do that by looking at it, you think, I can totally do that. That looks easy, right? Um, And then you go to try it, you realize it's not nearly as easy as it looks, right? Uh, This last week, I was uh, in Sun River, Bend, Oregon, and a number of my friends and family were skiing and snowboarding, something growing up in the Pacific Northwest, many of my friends and family have done. Um, it, they always make it look amazingly easy. And then you get on the slopes and you see these like five-year-olds just 100 miles an hour down the slope, and so you think, no problem, so you get all the gear on because it's freezing, and then you put the most awkward boots on that you could possibly imagine, and then you get even more awkward by sticking these long pieces of wood under your feet and strapping yourself in, and you got poles, and then you start going, and you realize, this is not easy, right? This is not going to come naturally to me. There's a really high chance of me getting hurt or being very sore or all of the above, and whenever we try a new experience like this, we think it's going to be easy. We think it's going to be fine. All this, and we realize it's not the case. We think, uh, what do we do? Well, oftentimes, we go, yeah, I'm done. I don't need to do this. Or you realize the amount of time it's going to now take in order for you to get to the level of the people that you know who make it look easy to get to. It's, I don't got time for that. Or I don't want to get hurt. Or, uh, you know, you name it. We, We put it off. We decide it's not worth it. And sometimes we can even do that with these Lent practices. And so it's important to note that the practice of Lent isn't something in the Bible. And Lent is not a requirement for Christians. It's not something that makes you a better Christian than others. It's not this, like, evaluative tool. Um... So then the question becomes, why practice Lent? Just like, why ski if I could, Dean, I love Dean, but Dean is a great skier, and as great as a skier, he still has accidents, right? Even those of us who are really good at things, I played soccer for a long time, doesn't mean I never got injured. Why practice Lent? Well, because it's an opportunity for us to stretch ourselves and better engage with God in some of the deeper parts of ourselves that we would like to avoid. Just like we might avoid stretching or exercise, even though we know it's good for us. And so maybe another way to, do, to say it is that we do this with the goal of being transformed and prepared for ministry. So during Lent, we can expect that we may encounter aspects of ourselves and of this church that we're not super excited about. Kind of like not being very flexible. Because it often involves a deeper level of attention on our life and how we live. This is why we called our series Lent Together, because we are hoping that this transformation and preparation for ministry will not just be for each of us as individuals, although that's really great, but we also want it to be something that's preparing us and transforming us as a church as we think about what it means to be One Life Community Church. And so again, then the question becomes, well, why do we need to do that? And as I was reflecting on One Life over the last few years, um, particularly since the pandemic, our church and the church in general has taken a really major hit. And those of you here in the room, just look around. Who's missing? Who's left? When you think about those who you miss... Have you called them? Tried to connect and see what they're doing? There's people who are missing here that live blocks from me. Literally blocks who I haven't seen in three years. And I've called and I haven't seen. That's hard. When was the last time you brought a guest to church? When was the last time you shared Christ with someone or prayed for someone who doesn't know Jesus? Being honest about yourself at whatever age you are, are you growing in your walk with Jesus? Are you involved in a small group? Does your faith have an impact on your day to day life? When you reflect about our church, does it feel healthy? Is it growing? What ministries do you find missing here? since the pandemic? Where are we involved in serving the community? And when you look around our church and consider the lost and the poor and the outcasts and the hurting, who's missing? And how might God want to use you and us to reach and serve them? Other questions I was thinking about. When was the last time you saw someone new come to One Life and stick around? When was the last time you saw someone get saved or get baptized? Now, I want to be super clear with these questions, because I've been reflecting on these questions for a long time. None of these questions are intended to make us or you feel guilty. That is not the way of Jesus. And and this was best highlighted to me the other day when I had to go meet with my new primary care doctor because uh, my insurance changed and my longtime doctor is no longer covered, so I had a new person. And my new doctor starts asking me questions. How often do you exercise? Tell me about your diet. What... how many vegetables have you eaten in the last week? He didn't actually ask me that specific one. But all that to say, he's not asking me these questions to make me feel bad. He's doing so because he cares and he wants me to be healthy. He knows the things that need to happen in order for me to flourish and to have a healthy life. And so he's asking me to to be honest. In the same way, These questions are intended to stretch us and to challenge us and to encourage us and to invite us into the Lenten journey of transformation and preparation for ministry, to lead us into what we believe will be the church's springtime. And your presence and participation is vital to that. If you picture the Tulip Festival and you come to the Tulip Festival and only two tulips went through the full process of springtime, it's not nearly going to draw the crowds, right? It's not exciting. This is a conversation for the church. The church is springtime. And so your presence and your participation is vital. So... With that, for the rest of our time, I want us to reflect on the story of Jesus being tempted and prepared for ministry found in Luke chapter 4, 1 through 13. So if you have a Bible, if you want to open to Luke chapter 4, we'll start with verse 1. You could do that. If you don't have a Bible, there's some in the back. Or if you're online um, and you don't have a Bible, you can grab it. Um, there's, a, there's a Bible app there that you can use as well. Um, But I'm going to have our text read for us this morning. And again, this is Luke chapter 4. This is the story that kind of leads us into this Lenten story. So, um, Megan, would you please read?
1: Then Jesus left the Jordan full of the Holy Spirit and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and when they were over, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him, It is written, Man must not live on bread alone. So he took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. The devil said to him, I will give you their splendor and all this authority, because it has been given over to me and I can give it to anyone I want. If you then will worship me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So he took him to Jerusalem, had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will give His angels orders concerning you to protect you, and they will support you with their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, do not test the Lord your God. And after the devil had finished every temptation, he departed from him for a time.
0: Perfect. Thank you. Now, if you're going to go back to chapter 3 of Luke, you'd see that Luke has very quickly established what we call a typological connection between Adam and Jesus. This connection is now carried into our text today in which Jesus is tempted in the wilderness much as Adam was tempted in the garden. But it then sets the stage for what's known as a double typology, which is kind of Bible nerdiness. But what this means is that the theme of Adam in the garden then parallels the theme of Israel in the wilderness. And so what all this means is that this passage that we just had read has a ton of stuff going on. And you can feel it as you have it read, because it reminds us of the temptation of Adam in the garden, but with the string of quotes from Deuteronomy that Jesus uses, it also reminds us of the temptation of Israel in the wilderness. And in a sense, what we are seeing here is that the story of Adam in the garden and the entire story of the exodus and the wanderings in the wilderness is basically a giant big arrow leading us and showing us that from the very beginning, God has been at work to undo the evil that was done in the fall. And it's still working to bring about transformation and flourishing. And so the story is part of the preparation that leads Jesus into his ministry and ultimately to the cross and the salvation of all. And here we see Jesus tempted multiple times and how he responds to each of these temptations. He's tempted regarding his body, his provisions, what he hungers and desires for. He's tempted by the appeal of power and wealth and fame. He's tempted to doubt God's provision and protection. And he's tempted to worship Satan and not God. And I want us to hear this. Every single one of us should be able to relate to the temptations that Jesus is being tempted by on a daily basis. So we can relate to this. Unlike each of us, though, each time Jesus is tempted, he says no to the temptation and remains without sin and true to the gospel. Jesus says it most clearly when he says this, away from me, Satan, with exclamation point, like authority, right? For it is written, worship the Lord your God, and serve him only. These are the words that invite us into Lent, and what we are invited to practice: turning from sin and temptation and being faithful to our calling as Christ's followers. And if you were here on Wednesday, we had our Ash Wednesday service, and if you weren't able to be here, we had a lot of people use our online um, video service as well. Um, that Wednesday marked the beginning of Lent. And the services were designed to remind us of our need for God. We make space to confess we can't do this on our own. And then in doing so, we're marked with the ashes on our foreheads. And the words that are used as we're being marked are these words, turn away from sin and be faithful to the gospel. Turn away from sin and be faithful to the gospel, which sounds a lot like worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Today as we dive into the season of Lent, I want to give us some time to reflect on this story in community and what it means for us as individuals and uh, as the church. Now the word reflect by definition means to give or to cast back. So think think of a mirror and light hits it and it can cast light back off of it. Think of a mirror and how it reflects light onto the wall. And it can also mean to show an image of or to mirror something. And the word reflection means to act, the act of showing of an image or mirroring, casting it back. It can also mean fixing our thoughts on something for serious consideration. So that's what I want us to do is to both kind of fix our thoughts on some conversations for some serious consideration, but I also want us to be thinking about what does it look like for us to reflect the story that we just read? In our individual lives, as we leave this place and go out there, what does it look like for us to reflect what Jesus just did in this story? And so that uh, in doing so, um, I want us to know that um, when we look at Lent, oftentimes what happens is we think about it very specifically about ourselves. What am I going to give up? What am I struggling with? What am I tempting with? My need for God, challenges I'm facing. It's all good, but tends to be super inward, super isolated, super private, which isn't a bad thing because I do think the Lenten process needs to start with us as individuals, but it, it shouldn't stop there. The importance of Lent is not just for those inside the church, it's for all people. And so for these next few minutes, I'd just like to break us up into groups to reflect on a few questions. So what that might look like is maybe just the people in your row. If there's only one or two in your row, join another row behind you um, and just have some conversations about this. And so the questions are, I'll put them up here. How is this story good news for our most vulnerable self? So again, when we start doing those exercises and Rich realizes, not only can I not touch my toes, I can barely touch my shins. It's very vulnerable for me. What are the vulnerable places in your own self that you know of? And how is this story good news? How is this story good news for the most vulnerable in our community? Maybe you saw some of the most vulnerable in our community on our way here today. How can you reflect or mirror the good news of this story to others, and how does the church reflect the good news of this story to our community? And if you're not sure our church is doing it, or if you're not church sure you're doing it, maybe brainstorm some ideas as you think about it. So with that, take a break, get with your groups, discuss some of these questions. I'll bring us back in a few minutes to discuss, and then we'll kind of close up our time. So um, have a good time of reflection. Those of you who are online, you can think about these questions too and jot down your thoughts. I'll try to look and keep an eye on any comments you might have as well. Um, but yeah, have a good couple conversations and we'll be back in just a minute. Just another minute or two. I'd love to bring us back. Um, And I'd love love just to hear, rather than kind of go through each question, um, I'd just love to hear things that came up for you in this time. As you're reflecting on these questions, you're discussing them with your group, maybe something that came up for you or you thought was something you wanted to hear shared, um, I'd love to to hear from you. Uh, uh, Before we do that, though, one of the things that I find with this story and with Lent, oftentimes, not necessarily all the time, but oftentimes, Lent is just about, you got to figure out something you struggle with, you're going to give that up, um, and you're going to probably get a week in and then stop doing that. Um, And we forget that part of Lent is, uh, it's not just about giving up something, it's about sacrifice, it's about challenge, but it's also about giving to something, like when I'm giving up something that maybe isn't super healthy to try to bring in something else, but even more so what it's about is the, the, the hard work, of, if we again go back to the image of spring, the hard work of bringing about the tilling and the working of transformation and preparation, the hard work of me recognizing the things that I should be doing that will help me be healthy even though I might not want to do them, the sacrifices that I might need to do in order to do so. So with that, I, I'm not trying to make these um, questions super easy. So if you didn't have a bunch of just like, oh, here's the answer's Jesus, right? <laughs> um, could, could still be. But I'm just saying like, this is part of what we're reflecting on, right? That should be challenging, so I'd love to hear from you. If there's something that came up from you with regards to maybe good news for you and your vulnerable places or good news for, for what's going on outside of this space um, or where you see y- yourself mirroring this or the church, love to hear from you. Yeah, I'm rich, but that's all right. That's all right. Yeah. And if you know, did like, Oh, okay, I saw Jesus respond back in scripture twice, so this time I'll throw scripture at him. Yeah. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Jesus'
0: ability to respond from uh, just, you know, better act, clarity of, of truth. Yeah. Right. It is um, good news, but also just awakens in me so like, oh, I long for that. So right. Mm hmm. Really yeah. Um, and yeah, there. Right. 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 And, and as the scripture says, right, truth, when we understand it, brings about freedom. But when, when we lack an understanding of the truth or the truth is being confused, right, and we're constantly being told all these different things and it's confusing, that can be really hard as well right, and we never know where to cling to and where to go to, and, and this feels pretty good, but this doesn't, and so there is something really wonderful to know Jesus at his bedrock core knows the truth and can say no to the things that aren't, even, even a twisting of the scriptures I think culturally, and I'll now say this in a moment I, I perceive culturally at this time, you know, three years after the pandemic, there is such distrust and confusion and hopelessness, yeah Yeah. When you are like where are the people going to church? Are there people that are keeping themselves out of any effort to be part of a Christian church because they're not trusting? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. Others? Yeah, Lauren? We were talking about the last question, how does this church reflect the good news of the story to our community? Hmm. Mm. That yeah. we are a very loving church in that regard. And yeah. Open to anyone who wants to come. Yeah. Um and then I've been sitting here thinking the follow-up to that is why do they not stay? Sure. Why yeah. are we doing or not doing, yeah. that means that those new people are not staying. Yeah. And I don't know what the answer yeah. That is. Yeah, That was a really good question. Yeah. And you know, it's hard. Uh You know, there's a family, they're not here today, um, but they came for the first time uh, last Easter at our sunrise service, and they've been coming pretty regularly since, and have kids in our youth and kids' life. Very cool story of all the places they connected with us, down at Magnuson, really early, watching a bunch of our people do polar bears after the service, and I think something like you said, though, Lauren, they felt like, this is a place I feel welcomed in. And they stayed, which is awesome. But definitely would love to see more than one a year. Would be great, right? Um, because we do think, I think this is a loving place. And we have something to offer. Um, some truth in the midst of uncertainty. Um, in a culture that is confused and is getting, um, especially the Christian faith, is, it feels very much attacked. Yeah. Others? Yeah. I finally found a church that was accepting without judgment mm-hmm. that was full of people that actually cared about you mm-hmm. as a person, instead of being concerned with building yeah. this or that or something else, that people actually came up and were genuine and talked to you and were loving and kind. I had not found that at other churches and I've yeah. been looking very hard to find that. Yeah. Um and so at this church I feel like people it makes me want to come back here Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of that. All yes. That. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is an important factor. Yeah. And you don't find that in a lot of churches anymore. And I think talking about misinformation and different things, if you go to several churches and you don't find that kind of love and support, you get very discouraged. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. you stop seeking it. And I yeah. think that's what happens with a lot of people. So it's just up to us to try to continue that process. Yeah. For the new people that are coming in. Amen. And... And Stephanie, we're so thankful for your testimony, right? I mean, that's exactly what we want. Like, I remember when you get baptized and all those kinds of things. Like, that's, that's what we want. And I think even some of the questions we got at before that were reflecting on, when was the last time we saw that happen? Right? That's a good question. Um, it's I don't think it's necessarily a question of desire. Like, I think if I did a quick survey, how many people would like to see someone get baptized? We'd probably all be like, sure, that'd be great. How many people, you know, all those kinds of things. This is why we're reflecting upon. I think this is the Lenten journey for us. What is it? Hard questions. What, maybe people aren't staying, or, or maybe people aren't being asked, or what are those things? Um, I think there's something about that good news, uh, Kirsten, that you connected on, about there is a place where you can come, and, and we can... Get to some truth, which is really helpful. Um, I think there's something like you said, Lauren, about uh, a place that's a welcoming environment. That's a really powerful thing. Anything else that came up? Our group just mentioned, you know, um, that the example of this story just shows Jesus overcoming temptation, mm-hmm. which inspires us. Yeah. Sure, yeah, which is, I think we could all use some more, right? Mm-hmm. It also reminds me that we have someone that we're following who knows how to do this, because <laughs> I sure don't, right? Like I have, a, I have an example who I can follow, who I can learn from, who has has gone through the temptations that uh, that I face all the time. And when I don't do it, I have... God's love and grace to be with me. That's good news. Yeah. And he has the power to say, get behind me. Right? Yes. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. We actually have the power of God living in and through us, through the Holy Spirit, the same power that can say, get behind me in us. That's some good news. Anything else about this story that stuck out to you as you're reflecting on it? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. He came here for me. Yeah. And the scripture says, "While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us." Yeah. Remember I mean, the whole point that he came, not to be right. lifted up, mm-hmm. but to be for us at our most vulnerable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you, Jerry. I want to be aware of time. Um, I want to encourage you this week. Um, we have that resource that I mentioned. You can get it today or you can download it. It has the series of scriptures on it. Um, we'll be having that every day. I'd love for us to all to be collaboratively together as friends and family, reading through these scriptures together, processing and thinking about this Lenten adventure and the, the, the process of preparation um, and transformation and... Um, We'll have some more of this conversation next week, but I had the privilege on day three of being assigned one of those verses, and it was from Second um, Corinthians chapter four, seven through twelve. Um, and I'm going to have that read for us. So, Nicole, if you don't mind reading that, that would be great.
1: But we have this treasure in jars of clay, to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard pressed on every side but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you.
0: Awesome. I don't know about you, but I feel like I get caught up in our culture of having everything figured out. I know what to do. And then I come to Sunday, technology goes down, all kinds of stuff happens, right? And even in those moments, I make light of it, but at my core, there's that vulnerability of being able to say, I need help. It's hard. Um, and I think in our culture, there's something really big about having everything all together together. And yet I think there's something really inviting about this text that tells us like even in our most perplexed and struggled place um, that we um, carry the power of Christ in us and that the picture of Lent is one of both death and life. That the life that comes out of springtime cannot happen without the hard work that's in the ground. And so I hope that invites you um, to be thinking about both the death that's at work in us because there's things that need to be put to death in order for new things to come about in us as individuals and as a church. And I hope that we could reflect on that this week as we think about the transformation and the preparation that we're going through as a community and as individuals um, that, that God might be inviting us to engage with that in different ways. So with that, I'd like to invite our worship team to come up. As they do, I'm going to give you two more questions if you want. Like if you haven't had enough questions, here's some more. Um, But uh, as we begin this Lenten journey, um, I consider you or ask you to reflect on the last year or two. and all you've gone through, how might God be stretching and transforming you in preparation for ministry? And similarly, as we begin the Lenten journey, reflect on the last couple years for our church and all our church has gone through, how might God be stretching and transforming us in preparation for ministry? Now, those of you are here, if you want to use the connection cards, I'd love to hear your thoughts on either of these questions or the ones we discussed earlier. Those of you who are online, you could use the online platform to share those as well. Um, I also want you to know our prayer team is going to be back over here ready to pray with and for you, so they're going to head over there, and if you're online and you need prayer, you can just connect on the, the prayer app um, and just click Request Prayer, and they will get you in a private prayer chat line to pray with you and for you. Um, but I hope you feel like you've got some space to engage with this beginning of Lent and hope you got a taste of what is to come. Both more engaging of the scripture, both engaging our own stories with it and what it means for us, but also hopefully what we see as the kind of preparation and transformation for us as individuals as we step out into this community. So with that, I'm gonna close us in prayer. Um, the band will give us a little space to reflect. Um, And then we'll end with one last song of response. Let's pray. Father, Son, Spirit, we do thank you that in the midst of difficulty and struggle, in the midst of challenges, and in all the good stuff, you are present with us. That you desire to be in relationship with us. And we thank you, God, that like my doctor asking me questions, you're not asking me questions to make me feel bad. You desire to see me flourish as I was designed. And there are things that might need to change in me in order for that to happen. There's things that might need to change in this space that is one life in order for more flourishing to happen. And so God, as we step into this Lenten journey, help us to to be actively reflecting on what that is that you might be challenging us with. Help us to talk about it, not just here, but in our day-to-day, in our small groups, online and social media, wherever it is. Help us continue to process and chew on this stuff. That you would be doing the hard work under the ground that happens during this time. That you would be um, doing the work in us and around us and through us that's preparing us and transforming us into something beautiful that none of it is for nothing. It's all for something, for your glory. And so God, just be with us as we reflect on these things, as we sing one last song of response, and help us bring this to wherever we go in the rest of our day. And pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.